0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Whale Nerds podcast. This is mini episode number two and it is Caitlin here um, flying solo again. I have been delving into a lot of research to follow up with this three-part series about whale song. Um, So this mini episode is about why do the whales sing? And if you listen to the first one, you know that we don't really know. Um, But there have been a lot of people out there trying to figure it out. Um, So I thought we'd start with the first part of this is what is a song? Like if you want to define it and you try and look it up on, you know, in a dictionary or on the internet, here's the list of things that I came up with. And this is all according to our human brains and our ability to define it. I think probably some animals and, and um, insects and things out there that produce song probably have a different definition than we do, but our human definition is uh, song is singing or vocal music, it's poetry, it's words set to music, It's musical phrases by some birds, whales, and insects, typically forming a recognizable and repeated sequence and used chiefly for territorial defense or for attracting mates. Song also tells a story. So those are all of our dictionary definitions of song. How I got those is I just looked it up. You know, I typed in Google define song and those are the dictionary links that came up. So with that premise as to what is song I kind of went through many decades of research and um, tried to summarize kind of the biggest ideas as to why whales sing and part of the inspiration for looking at these particular papers comes from a presentation at Whale Tales um, which is a like a mini conference in Hawaii every winter and Mark Lammers was presenting about whale song and future directions of study. And um, these are all the papers that he referenced. And as I was kind of going through things, I looked for other papers that were similarly aligned as to the you know the history of work as to why whales sing. And all of this is on humpback whale song from what I could find um, trying to find other species that have had the purpose of song defined it's not well studied yet and we'll talk more about that in the next part of this little mini episode series on whale song the last part is about what other species of whales sing Um, but the humpback whale since it's the most common um singing whale and the most accessible all of these studies are on humpback whales and this is like a summary of the abstracts of all these papers and any other information I could find on them. But I don't have access through an institution or anything to these journals. Um, and I definitely cannot afford to pay the the fee to access each one. Um, so this whole mini episode is meant to just be like broad brushstrokes of like, here's the ideas, here's where I got them. These are the years and the authors of the papers. And if you want to go and pursue your interests further based on some information I've given you. That's what I'm trying to do, is just give you some ideas, give you a little recap and summary. And um, if this is something that you're super psyched and interested in, then I encourage you to reference these papers and see if you can access them fully. Um, I have some ideas of how you could do that. So if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or if you're a Patreon follower message us on there and I can give you more info about how to pursue these resources further but since this is a mini episode I just want to give you a broad idea of where people are are studying and thinking about um what the purpose of humpback whale song is so one of the earliest studies came out of the West Indies so Caribbean it's win and win in 1978 and their paper was called The Song of the Humpback Whale, Megaptera novangliae, in the West Indies. And what, the, what they learned throughout their study of the Song of the Humpback Whale is that the song is redundant. It has syllables, motifs, and phrases. So getting into that dictionary definition of what is a song. And the song changes year to year. The song is different among different populations of humpback whales. And they propose that singers are young, sexually mature males. So then we're moving, we're going to bounce around years a little bit, um, but moving down the list of why whales sing. um, So that's kind of like what is the song and who's singing it. So interactions of singing humpback whales with other males. This was published in 2006 by um, Darling and Berube. And this was actually from data recorded in 1997 in Maui, Hawaii. And the purpose of the the paper was to investigate two hypotheses about song function. The first was to investigate the hypothesis that it attracts females to the male singer. And the second hypothesis they were investigating was it is a male-to-male display that may order status amongst the males. Um, So to study this, the whales that joined the singer were monitored behaviorally, and um, many of them were sampled genetically. 76% of the time, one adult joined the singer based on their observations. 81% of those joining whales, um, the interaction only lasted a few minutes, and then they disassociated from each other. So about three quarters of the time, one adult joined the singer, And most of the time after that, they only hung out together for a few minutes and then they split up. Um, One, in only one of the interactions that they observed during this study period did a joining whale end up joining another group, another whale, so then three were together and then they, all three joined a competition group in the area. Other interactions that they observed of group formation when a whale joined a singer was they passed by um, another group of whales or they did some sort of surface behavior. And 22 of the joiners were determined um, to be male. 14 of those they were able to genetically confirm that and eight of them based on the behavior. I don't know if they were able to look at the underside of the whale or just the general behavior of the animal gave them enough indication that they were a male. If you were able to read the paper fully, I think you'd be able to see what they used behaviorally to determine that. But all of the males that they all the whales that they observed joining a singer were male. So we're getting into the, okay, it's not female attraction possibly realm. So we're going to go back in time a little bit, 1995. This is in Hawaii and um, this is the paper is called Spatial Distribution, Habitat Utilization and Social Interactions of Humpback Whales, Megaptera and Avengle, off Hawaii determined using acoustic and visual techniques. And this is from Frankel, Clark, Herman and Gabrielle. And that was published ninety five in the Canadian Journal of Zoology. <clears throat> um, so what they were trying to do, again, is figure out what's the purpose of song. In Hawaii, they studied 62 singers. And they found that whales were singing in depths from 10 to 300 fathoms. And um, one fathom is about 1.8 meters. So that's like what, five feet, four feet, something like that, and um, then they, that doesn't mean the whale was at that depth, it just means the whale was in that contour line, so they originally assumed that whales were singing at depths of no deeper than the hundred fathom contour line, so that location in relation to the coastline, if you're looking at like a bathymetric map, Um but that kind of disproved that assumption, but most of the whales were near shore. And the singers on average were further apart from each other than non-singing single whales. So when you visually corroborated, you know, here's the singer, here's the other whales, um, generally they had a wider radius around them. Um, Some singers did actually um, actively swim while singing some singers continued singing while affiliating with or being joined by others and um, breaching and cessation of singing were correlated. So um, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a cause and effect, but it was highly um, common that if a, one whale was making some sort of aerial behavior at the surface and um, creating that noise creation um, was detected by the singer and the singer would stop singing a lot of the time. So this does suggest that breaching or some other aerial behavior can convey information to other whales. And that's maybe a whole nother mini episode topic of its own of why do whales breach? We've definitely talked about that in other episodes, but that could be something to explore further because there are more papers on that. So then we're going back to the 2000s with Fraser and uh, Mercado, and they did a sonar model for humpback whale song and this was also in Hawaii. And what they said is that obviously females outnumber males, that's something that was starting to become more and more apparent as breeding grounds were studied into the 2000s, now they say that um, they think that it's a two to one ratio, there's twice as many males as there are females in the breeding grounds. Um, so song is potentially a long range sonar. Um, and that click trains like other echolocating um, seats make are not necessary for what the whales are using song for as sonar. Like they don't need to be able to click, create those click trains. Um, it says that the water and bathymetric properties in Hawaii are often excellent for sonar in the four to five octave band of humpback song enabling singers to locate other pods at ranges of up to six kilometers. And they're saying, behavior is consistent with the model they made so I would really encourage if someone's looking at this paper to look at the methods of how they determined the distance and how they were measuring it as sonar Um, and then they say that the behavior of the whales are consistent with the sonar model and explain how singing males find non-vocalizing females and also explains why males hardly ever sing while in the company of females or while competing with other males. I do have a couple counter arguments for that one. Um, the first one is Song potentially is not a courtship behavior at all. So if the male is in presence of a female and it's not a display to a female, he wouldn't be singing. Um, and then competition behavior is too high energy to, for them to be able to also sing at the same time. Um, So, and then again, if it's really not a display to females, singing during a competitive group doesn't really track behaviorally. So, there's a couple issues with this where I'd want to be able to read the whole paper to understand better, but that's kind of the the basics of what they were getting at with that. Um, We're going to go back in time a little bit um, to 1984. This is a Baker and Herman paper in Hawaii. It's titled "Aggressive Behaviors Between Humpback Whales, Megaptera novangulae, and Wintering in um, Humpback Whales Wintering in Hawaiian Waters." They suggest that singing may function in part to synchronize ovulation in females with the peak of abundance of mature males on the wintering grounds. Um, so, you know, when the most males are around, that's when you're going to hear the most singing. That makes sense. Um, so, the seasonal peak in the frequency of aggression is probably related to an increase in population density and to changes in the reproductive physiology of mature males and females. So maybe when they are all in the same physical proximity, that's triggering um, some hormonal changes in their body that's changing their reproductive physiology. And so it's kind of all harmonizing and song plays a role in that by indicating how many animals are in that area. So both males and females are seen with multiple individuals of the opposite sex throughout their residency in winter grounds. They are not monogamous um, mating animals and mature males spend time escorting mother and calf pairs and singing throughout residency. So they not only are they performing song, potentially solo, They also do dedicate some of their time to escorting mom-calf pairs, and they were able to track individuals throughout the breeding season and observe both those behaviors. And then in 2016, this is one of the more recent papers um, by Herman, who has unfortunately since passed away. Adam Pack is actually taking on um, questions on some of the recent papers, and he was one of his more... Uh, recent collaborators, who's still here in Hawaii. And the paper is the multiple functions of male song within the humpback whale, Megaptera novanglia mating system, a review, evaluation, and synthesis. So this is more of like a culminating paper trying to sum up um, some of the bigger theories that are kind of coming to the forefront as defining why whales sing. And he analyzed three pro- pro- Proposed functions of song. The first function would be female attraction to individual singers. The next function would be facilitating male to male interactions. And the next function he investigated was attracting females to a male aggregation within context of a Lecking me- mechanism. So what's a Lecking mechanism? In a Lecking reproductive system, what male uh, sexual characteristics can signal to females is limited. And as the males provide no resource to females or parental care to their offspring, this implies that females gain indirect benefits from her choice in the form of good genes for her offspring. So, potentially, something in the song display is advertising to females something about their mating, their genetic potential, you know, their contributions to that female's gene pool um, for her calf. And it pretty well defines that the interaction with parental care of humpback whales. The males don't participate in parental care, so the female um, has to use her context clues about her mate to figure out who's the most fit. Um, the female attraction theory suggests that song is an advertisement and an invitation to females, um, but field observations and song playb- playback studies reveal that it actually attracts virtually zero females is the conclusion on the first theory. Other observations suggest that females signal their presence to singers by producing percussive sounds at the surface by flipper slapping or tail slapping or possibly through vocalizations. Um, Male to male interactions as a function of song. Um, Visits to singers are almost always lone males and um, the, uh, the approaching whale is not singing at the time of the approach for the vast majority of observed encounters. The joiner may be seeking a coalition with the singer to cooperatively attempt to obtain females, so wingman, potentially. Um, the joiner may be attempting to disrupt the song or affirm dominance, so he may just kind of be strutting his stuff in front of this other singer, trying to get him to stop singing, Um, or just be like, hey, I'm bigger than you, this is my spot, move on. Um, The joiner may be prospecting to determine if a singer is accompanying a female. If not, they do leave quickly. So those interactions where the joiner only stayed with the singer for a few minutes and then continued on, maybe that whale was looking to see if a female was with the male, and then because there was no female, the whale, the joiner left. Um, In the Lucking hypothesis, the third hypothesis, the aggregation of vocalizing males on a winter ground um, meets the definition with role of a song as a communal display in attracting females to the aggregation, but not to the individual singers, so just kind of drawing in females to the area. Um, And communal singing is viewed as a form of byproduct mutualism. So an individual benefits by the actions of others incidentally. So if they're all singing in their own selfish attempt to um, attract a female, but that whole group, it turns into an incidental group effort of singing, they're going to attract a female and one male potentially is going to win that um, by his own selfish actions that then incidentally turned into a group. Effort. Um, and again, the paper also kind of brings up the suggestion that communal singing may also stimulate female receptivity. Um, the paper does recognize that there are both limitations and merits to all proposed ideas, and a full consideration of song is that it serves multiple functions. If you're assuming this, it's necessary to understand its role in the mating system and what forces act on the evolution of songs. So if you want to go with the song serves multiple purposes theory, you still got to define it. Like how important is it in the hierarchy of the mating process? You know, why does it change? What forces it to change? Um, Herman also suggests that song may be a prime vector recruiting colonists to new winter grounds pioneered by vagrant males. Um, So it could be due to a population pressure increase, or former winter grounds becoming unfavorable or undesirable, unavailable. And there is some speculation at the in the paper that Song may have evolved historically as an aggregating call during the dynamic ocean conditions and habitat uncertainties during the late Miocene and early um, Pliocene when megaptera first began to proliferate. So we're talking about five million years ago as humpback whales started to um, expand around the world as a species um the song may have been structurally much simpler then and evolved over thousands of years and became more ritualized um but it potentially could have in the past been a signal of like hey i'm here it's winter time come this way and um so all of those ideas what the talk that i listened to at whale's Tales tried to boil everything down to is So what theories or what information is supported by behavioral evidence now that we've been studying humpback whale song for 50 years? Um, There's no female attraction. The joining whales are always male. And singers are significantly more likely to join groups only if they consisted of a mom-calf pair, according to a Smith et al. paper in 2008 in Australia. And males joining a singer are likely prospecting for females is a, is a theory that several papers kept referring back to. Um, but the counter argument is females don't ever seem to be with singers. So definitely still a lot more work to be done on this. And this is only work being done on humpback whales, other species, it's totally plausible that they're singing for other reasons, um, but they could all be singing for the same reason. And we'll learn a little bit more about that in the next um, mini episode, uh, the last of the three part series for whale song um, is what other species of whale actually make what's defined as a song by science. When do they make it? And um, any other information I can drum up about that. The other species are definitely not nearly as well studied as humpback whales, but The long and short of it is, we don't know. We have some good ideas. We're pretty sure it's not a display to females at this point, or at least not a direct, like, hey, come to me type of display to a female. Um, Many males do come investigate a singer, and what uh, Mark Glammers and Adam Pack and some other people are studying now is, is song production, like, an advertisement of body size? And... Um, are other males coming in to investigate and like admire that, and then also understand if they wanted to form a competition group with that male to assert dominance? Like, is the song a good opportunity for them to go investigate how big that whale is? Like, if the song is really loud, then the whale knows. Wow, that whale. You know, that guy's really big. Maybe I shouldn't get in a fight with him. Um, so there's some some areas of study going on now. Um, I don't know how their field season is going now that there's the epidemic out there. I know that the sanctuary vessel is actually dry docked in Kīhei over here because they're not going, going out to study. Um, but there are hydrophones out all the time here in Hawaii. There's hydrophones, um, other places around the world like Monterey's is actually live streamed on the internet. So um, hopefully some academic things still can come out of this pandemic shutdown where a lot of things have come to a screeching halt. But I think it's something that we're gonna debate about and study and write about for quite a while longer before we have it figured out. So if you guys have questions, please send them my way. If you're more interested in this and you wanna pursue this um, part of the mini series information further, let me know, I can share um, more information with you. I'll share the links to the abstracts on our Facebook page. So if you wanna access those, um, I can make those available to everyone there and I will continue to research for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are all healthy and safe and we'll get back to you soon with more information on humpback whale song. Thanks!